The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Sex with Jaya is brought to you by Aloe Cadabra. Aloe Cadabra is 95% organic aloe vera. Visit www.alocadabra.com today. Step inside the sensual world of sex with Jaya. This hour will bring you sex education like you've never heard before. It's uncensored, no holes barred advice to increase your sexual knowledge and performance. Now, here's your host, Jaya. I'm ready for sex with Jaya. Are you? I'm ready, kind of, for sex with Jaya. He's kind of ready for sex with Jaya. <laughs> He's got like wires all over himself. It's, I don't know what he's doing over here. Trying to figure out his headset. Uh, phew. We have been on a roller coaster, D Love. Roller coaster. Today's yeah. been a, D- a roller coaster, D Love. <laughs> so many exciting things happening, as always. And I got some loving from D Love this morning. And that always makes me a very happy camper because I get grumpy. We got to give Jaya some ongoing love. Uh, maybe we'll take some applications. <laughs> For lovers, <laughs> because D Love can't handle my appetite. Any rate, ever wonder why you get crazy when the one you love is near? Ever wonder why you crave physical connection? Let's see, did I write this when I was craving physical? I think I was. <laughs> um, Liz Langley, author of Crazy Little Thing, Why Love and Sex Drive Us Mad, will be joining me to share insights on the mysteries of love and sex. She's going to help us understand more about sexual attraction. Things like why one person falls in love with you the moment they see you, but yet another has no interest. I always believe it comes down to biology hormones rule we'll see if she agrees in this sexy geeky interview where you're going to learn everything there is and a whole lot more about love sickness and sexual madness we're also going to be visited by one of the creators of one of my new favorite sex toys the mina by ola but first disclaimer time the content presented on this show is for informational purposes only. The following information has not been evaluated by the US FDA. The information and the products discussed on the show are not in any way medical advice. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease, disorder, or disability. Action should not be taken based solely on this informational content. Before making changes to your diet, your lifestyle, your sexual health, please consult your physician or naturopathic doctor. Using this informational content without first consulting your health professional is your right as a human being, and my guests and I assume no responsibility. Please do not apply the ideas and suggestions that you hear on the show if you are not willing to assume this risk. Assume the position. Yes. Now to the fun stuff. Now, Sir John Pelicino. I knew I was going to chop it up. Pelicino. (laughs) Did I get it right? Pelicino. Yes, Pelicino. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes, uh, is the CEO of Mina Life, co-founder of Mina Life, and John specializes in smart product design. I love that. User-centric design. He spent the last five years as a product designer, and uh, smart product design is the integration of technology into a product in order to enhance the user experience. This experience is a perfect fit for developing intelligent pleasure products that change the way users interact and experience them. The website is Mina Life. 
if you want to check it out. It's M-I-N-N-A life, MinaLife.com. So, John, tell me a little bit about Ola. Well, you know, Ola is a, um, you know, it's a, it's a traditional vibrator in the sense of, you know, it, it, it's a general shape and size. Um, it's an internal, external product. Uh, but what's really exciting about the product and which makes it so so much different than other products out there is the interface and the way the user um, the user controls the product. So uh, the user ha- the, the the product itself has a nice soft um, interface that's squeezable, and the harder you squeeze, the harder the product vibrates. And you know, with this this style of interface, it allows the user to really be able to define in the moment, you know what's happening on the product, um, and it's really large and easy to squeeze. So, you know, as the user is using this, maybe in a dark Large room, and easy to kids. squeeze. I like large and easy to squeeze. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> the idea, you know, and you're, you're, in the, you're in the bedroom, it's dark, you know, small, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, the other vibrators have, you know, small little buttons, and if you have lubricated hands, it's, it's a little bit hard sometimes to control what's going on, and it's just interference in terms of the, the progress toward, you know, the ultimate goal, I guess, of, of orgasm, or just in, in, in terms of having that connection and, and pleasure. Um, so, you know, it, it just allows this, the user to really be, be, be defining exactly what that level of vibration uh, is and the pattern of that vibration. Um, Where did the idea it, come from for this? Well, you know, there's, there's been a lot of people involved in the development of this product. Um, and, you know, and each of us, I think, sort of brought brought our own perspective. I mean, ultimately, it came from some brainstorms, you know, coming together and, and really just, just throwing all our ideas out there and, and basically looking at pain points uh, from our own personal experiences. Um, you know, and, and, and nothing, you know, nothing inspires a designer like a pain point. So, you know, from personal <laughs> use. Um, you know, you know from, from, from me, from a partner perspective, using products with my wife, you know, there was a lot of pain points uh, that I had. And, and, and definitely the, the biggest thing, which is also a big plus of, of Ola, is, is interaction. Um, you know, going from sort of a manual stimulation mode where there's a lot of intimate connection, you know exactly where you are, um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of physical feedback to holding your products in place, uh, mm-hmm. sort of created a, you know, a sort of a sterile barrier and it, it, was, it was almost like bringing in you know a third party into the into the conversation and um that all didn't always feel great and then it was again the lack of control you know trying to find these little buttons you know and getting feedback from my partner to control it well all allows me just to, to, to hold on to this large interface and, and it also allows me to play and tease and and be involved in what's happening with the product so it, it creates a lot you know a much more interactive uh, intimate experience yeah, that's how I would really recommend using this product from using it in personal experience. I like it by myself, but it's a lot more fun when my partner's controlling it and controlling it through touch, which I think, which I think is really, really amazing since I'm a touch person that he can just squeeze it and then that causes the vibration to get more intense or he can also set patterns. And I like that idea too, because then that's, that's just really fun because I'm not designing my pleasure in that sense. He's designing it. So it has spontaneity in it. Yes. Sense memory. Yes, I like that. Mm. So, um, I mean, I, well, what I is the... Interject, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> sorry. I was just <laughs> going to interject in there that this, the, you know, what's really great about the, the, the squeezable interface itself is it, it's, it's, it's almost as if it's an extension of the body. I mean, we're trying to create products that, that feel natural, they're intuitive, you know, and, and, you know, there's this really, you know, tight control loop between your brain and your hand and the intimate areas of your body or the intimate areas of your partner. Um, you know, in this, this, it, it, it feels as if I'm enhancing, you know, my capabilities versus using, you know, using a tool, if you will. Right. Um, 
Would you so, say that that's the mission of Mina Life is to create things that are extensions of the body, or do you have what? Is, what is your mission? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we really just we're we're really focused on innovation and changing the way you know individuals and couples are interacting with products. I mean, we we, we definitely want to enhance the pleasure factor, definitely in, in, in enhance intimacy. And if you can create a product that that helps you know create, I think a more fluid experience, and almost as if the the technology you know, use technology to make technology disappear. So as if, like, there's no product involved, it's just you, but you're enhancing, you know, your abilities, definitely. Um, so we're really focused on, on creating, you know, in, innovative new products that are going to change, you know, change the way people are interacting with these products. Mm-hmm. For people who are listening, so this is a very unique vibrator in that you can squeeze the vibrator. There's, like, a piece on the handle that you can squeeze, and it's nice and soft. And when you squeeze it, it can pulse differently based on how you squeeze it. So if you squeeze it tighter, it goes faster. You can make different rhythms. You can get really creative. And that's what I like because when you're getting creative and fun in the bedroom, you know, we get so serious about sex. Anything that can inspire that creativity and inspire something a little bit new or fresh into your love life, I'm all for. So, um uh, you know, my, my listeners are always asking me questions. What are, what's in the product? What are they made out of? Um, are they body safe? Let's talk about that just one second. Um, what, what is the being made out of? How are you keeping people safe here? Yeah. I mean, we, we, we care a lot about the, you know, the materials that are going in the product. Um, it's amazing to me sort of the, the, the level of disregard of some of the manufacturers in terms of, you know, putting materials that are unsafe. And, and obviously these products are going to the most intimate areas of the body. Um, right. And so, so yeah, so we, you know, the, the exterior of, of Ola is made of, of body-safe silicone. I mean, uh, we, we definitely want to make sure that every surface on the on the on the product is can touch any any part of the body. And there's going to be no harm. So it's it's you know, and, and fully encased in in body-safe silicone. Um, you know, it's a it, it has a rechargeable product. Um, it's rechargeable, has a rechargeable battery, which is which is also nice. You know, so you're not always having to to dig out you know batteries, which is which I you know I think would be really a pain um mm-hmm. the product also which i think is really cool is it's um it's fully submersible waterproof so people who like to play in the shower or in the bath this, this you know this product can just go with them um so that awesome. that creates another you know really exciting uh, element um that you can use the product well you've um, done a great job with this first product what can we expect from you guys in the future yeah, I mean, we we are already looking at uh, this this summer, you know, launching some other products of uh, that are in the same family, so the same squeezable interface, but they're going to be slightly different sizes, different category of products to give our you know our users and fans a couple different options. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know we're we're already going deep dive brainstorms for the summer 2013. So our our goal really is just to to keep launching innovative products annually, so that. You know, we're always bringing something new and exciting and, and, you know, providing a different way for people to interact with these products. Um, Wonderful. One thing, one thing I'm going to interject in here because, I, you know, I, I don't want to – I want to make sure I didn't – I don't forget to mention it with this product um, is, you know, first the value proposition of this squeezable interface, which allows that real-time control. Uh, what I didn't mention, which is sort of the next level, is the product has the ability to loop a pattern that you create. So you don't have to right. continually be squeezing the product. Uh, what's really exciting uh, about this is, you know, people can create their own patterns where, you know, the sort of the traditional vibrator has, uh, you know, a handful of set profiles, different pulses and wave patterns. You can create exactly what is working in the moment for you, and then it'll keep playing in the back exactly as you created it. So you're no longer stuck with 
with the set patterns. And some of our users have been, you know, have, who don't even necessarily like patterns because they've been stuck in these these set patterns have really enjoyed being able to create their own custom, you know, pleasure patterns. Mm-hmm. And that's something I highly advise because you get stuck in a pattern and a pattern becomes a rut and eventually it becomes a grave because you can only have an orgasm based on that trajectory. And that's one of my big peeves with some vibrators is that you get used to it and then that becomes your only pathway to orgasm. And, you know, for a lot of couples that can get really frustrating and really boring after a while that, that, you know, first he touched my boobs, then he touched my clit, then we do a little oral, then he puts his penis inside me and then we do this orgasm thing. And, <laughs> you know, I, I highly advise enjoying the journey to the orgasm and finding new roads to pay, take, new pathways to take so that you become fully orgasmic and you're exploring all of the different ways that you can get there. And I think that, that that's one of the things that's really interesting about this product is that it gives you many, many options and many pathways because you can program it in so many different ways or your partner might discover a new pathway for you. What do you think, D-Love? Let's work on it. <laughs> okay. I think we're playing I think we're playing with Amina after the show today. What do you think? <laughs> Let's keep working with it. <laughs> Play with it briefly. All right. Well, thank you so much, John, for being on the show today. The website is minalife.com. That's M-I-N-N-A life.com. When we come back, we're going to hear from a woman who dove deep into the question, why do love and sex drive us mad? Literally. Literally. Why do they drive us insane? Love mad. We heard all of that. Love sick. I did it. It was a passionate crime. Love is blindness. Yeah, sing it, D-Love. I love when you <laughs> sing to me. Okay, more Sex with Jaya when we return. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Let's say you're female. Let's say you're over 50. Let's say your partner takes a little blue pill. Let's say he's ready to go maybe four hours. Let's say that's unfair. There's no little blue pill for women, but there is aloe cadabra, the first personal lubricant that's made from 95% organic aloe. So it's as natural as nature which means it naturally does for your body what your body may no longer naturally do for itself. We're not saying that it will last four hours, but if you're lucky, neither will he. Allo Cadabra. Feel the magic happen. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Are you ready to become an oral sex aficionado and give your partner unforgettable pleasure day and night? Jaya, world-renowned sexologist, has created the ultimate educational experience for couples. Oral Sex for Couples features over 100 techniques in a three-volume series. Guys, learn hand and mouth combinations that will send her soaring. Women, Master ancient oral arts that will not only leave him breathless, but are said to keep you youthful and glowing. Both of you will be inspired to try the best positions for comfort and pleasure as you make love with your mouths. 
Watch now at www.oralsexforcouples.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Sex with Jaya. To ask the burning questions you've always wanted to ask or share a tip or comment of your own, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? Send an email to Jaya at MissJaya.com. That's J-A-I-Y-A at MissJaya.com. Now back to Sex with Jaya. I wouldn't put anything on or in my body that I wouldn't eat. That's why I use aloe cadabra as my personal lubricant. It's good for your body, it's natural as nature, and it's certified organic. I love that. Allocadabra.com. Use coupon code Jaya for 20% off. Again, that's Jaya, J-A-I-Y-A, for 20% off at allocadabra.com. Are you going to eat your earphone? No. It's in your body. It's, it's not on, all the way in my body. It's on it. It's in it. Oh, dear <laughs> love. My goodness. You're always challenging me. In weird ways. I know. You know, you, got, you all know what I mean by I wouldn't eat it and put it in or, in or on my body, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't put chemicals on my body or in my body. They're icky for me. Okay. So our next guest, Liz Langley, is the author of a book called Crazy Little Thing, Why Love and Sex Drive Us Mad. And it's on my nightstand right now. I've been reading it. I was up the other night until like three in the morning reading it. Sharpening her knives, ready to to kill me. (laughs) Yes. All in the, uh, the excuse of my neurochemistry is making me mad because D Love, I don't know, you can't cheat on me, so. It's, well, I could I still cheat on you. But well, yeah, you could. Kind I'm of. just lying to you. You lie. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's because it's a little harder to, to get into that rage place when you've got full transparency. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, so, hello, Liz. Welcome to our crazy show. Hello, Jaya. How are you doing? Oh, Thank you for having me. We're a little insane, but that's it's the busyness of life, you know. Our well, insanity is, is not because we're lovesick. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they, they say all the best people are a little crazy, right? And yeah. as long as it's like a good and happy kind of crazy, and it, it's not the kind of crazy where you're scaring people or <laughs> doing or, something or damage burning yourself. someone's trying to burn someone's penis off, as I read in your book. <laughs> yeah, that's not healthy. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, mean, that's, I know that's kind of maybe an extreme, you know, says that that's not healthy. People ask me a lot because of this book, you know, what constitutes crazy? Definitely trying to burn people's genitals off is like, that's, that's crazy. I, and I think part of, Part of what's crazy is like any extreme that the other person isn't going to go to with you. <laughs> I mean, uh, I've had people say to me that they feel crazy, like, oh, I, I know I text my lover too many times a day, and like I, I feel like I'm obsessive, and you know, and I just ask like, well, are they texting you back? Is it okay with them? Like, if it's okay with them, that's not crazy. That's just mm. you're, you're smitten and you're happy and you're in love, and that's sweet, you know. You're texting them a thousand times in three months. Like there was a girl on the web uh, who did that. I think it was 1,200 times in three months she texted her ex. 
And, um, yeah, that's crazy. X so, is the word there. Yeah, X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then you're pushing. So, so diving in, you know, I talk about the five sexual stages, uh, which mm-hmm. just a review for everybody. Those are resting, healing, curious, adventurous, and transformative. You can go to my website and find out more about them. That's sexyshow.com. And you talk about stages of love. How do how do the stages of sex that I have on my website correlate to the various stages of love? Well, when I was looking at your website and I thought it, it really struck me how very similar some of these stages are. And they're, they're not um, as um, uh, well-defined. And Helen Fisher, Dr. Helen Fisher, who I interviewed for this book, she's a biological Love anthropologist from, um, Re- from Rutgers University, and um, she did all of this wonderful research on love in the brain and, and scanned the brains of people who are in love and MRIs and found out what part of the brain was active when they were looking at pictures of the people that they loved. And she talks about the phases of love as being lust, attraction, and attachment. And when I was looking at your, your five stages, I, I, I thought, you know, the curious stage to me, and you can help me along with this, make sure I've got, I've got your <laughs> stages right. Um, the curious stage to me, that is like when you're kind of like your interest is awakening in different things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of like the lust attraction stage where mm-hmm. you're or maybe maybe not quite as, as deep as attraction. Attraction gets pretty deep, but that's like when you're just kind of figuring out that like, wow, this person is really something special. That's I think it's a I better learn sweet. that new oral technique to please them. I'm sorry, say again? <laughs> I, said, I said I better learn that new oral technique to please them. <laughs> yeah, you're just kind of like realizing like that, wow, I'm really, really taken with this. May, this, this might be the one or the next one or however it is that, that you do these things. And, or a new one to add to the group that I'm in. Stay and, stable. Um, you know who you're talking to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and then I think, so that was the curious stage. And then the adventurous stage where you feel like you're doing something a little bit more outside of the box. And you're, um, is that, that's right, you're, you, where you're kind of, can, can, you can probably articulate that better than me, the, the adventurous stage. Yeah, it's where you you're you know doing a little something maybe taboo, something considered kinky by our culture. You know, you're st- definitely stepping out of the box. So a little this is- bondage, trying to burn each other's genitals off. <laughs> 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 Bring up genitals, well, maybe not that. entirely off, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little temperature but, play. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I think that adventurous. I think when it comes to love, that adventurous part would be sort of understanding yourself and. And the fact that, yeah, yeah, I'm crazy about this person. I cannot stop thinking about them. It's driving me nuts. I'm driving everybody else nuts. And I'm fine with that. Like, as long as you're not, like, doing those horrible things like stalking them. But, you know, I think that people often give themselves a really tough time in when they're, they're really, they're deep in love and either they are, they're so smitten with this person they can't think of anything else or they've been rejected in love and they still can't, they can't get over it quickly enough. You know, they feel like they're just hanging in there and they think, God, what is wrong with me? I'm so stupid. And it's not a matter of smart or stupid. It's just a matter of, of your, <laughs> you're not in a, a place that many people see. They're not in a place that many people allow themselves to be seen in. And so I think accepting those things and, 
whether they're, it's the upside of it or the downside of it, accepting those things and learning how to work with them, I think that's probably part of the adventure stage. And what I really liked is the resting and healing stage a lot mm-hmm. because it, when I saw that on your website, I thought, like, not I don't think enough people really pay attention to that, especially in love. I think there's a lot of pressure to be – there's pressure from within and from without um, to to find love in our culture. There's pressure from within because, you know, it's nice to attach to somebody. It's nice to have a lover. It's nice to have a boyfriend, a girlfriend, somebody to share things with. There's also pressure from – the culture in the in the book I interviewed a forensic anthropologist or a forensic psychologist Catherine Ramsland, and she told me all kinds of we talked about all kinds of cool things like why people fall in love with criminals and things like that. She she's good with the dark kind, of like uh-huh. um, crazy those kind of dark and crazy things, but she talked about um, she said it's not okay not to be loved in our culture. And I thought that was a really striking phrase because a lot of people feel like they feel incomplete if they're not with we somebody. We have to be in a relationship. We have to find the one, all those right. things. Yeah, and even if it's not the right one, you know, we will attach to somebody and kind of try to force fit and make it make them the right one when maybe we actually need to rest and we need to do some work on some part of our psyche or we need mm-hmm. to heal from the last relationship I, um, I had a woman, I was on a show last night and a woman called in and she was talking about being in, she was in relationship after relationship after relationship, crazy relationships with mostly alcoholics. Mm-hmm. And then she was in, then she, she had one that she just had a terrible time getting over, even though it was not the longest lasting, it was relatively brief, but she took a 10 year hiatus and she's oh. now in, a relationship that's stable and happy, and she was very, very happy. And I thought that probably it's because she took that time. I think right. we often don't want to take that time and work on the things that we that we need to work on to figure out who we are and what we need. Because how can you figure out who who is going to fit well with you if you're not really sure what you're all about? So right. I think that healing and resting are I think they're very similar. And very important and overlooked. Mm-hmm. And then it's the transformative stage that you talk about. That's the now. And and again, you want to jump in here and <laughs> make sure that I have it right. That's the really kind of going in, having a depth to your relationship, and going back to ancient traditions and and looking at things like tantra and that kind. Is that correct? Yes, yes. The transformative is looking at sort of the like tantric sex or energetic sex. And even, you know, I hear even couples who are older when they get to a place where they're no longer actually having physical sex, I call it clothes on, hands off sex, you know, or mm-hmm. what, what does sex look like as it transforms? Or maybe we're using sexual energy to create or manifest something in our life. So there's a lot of different things that transformative can look like. And I, yeah, I think that that's, that's part of the attachment phase. That would be part of the attachment phase where you, you are, you, you've been through this smitten thing. You, you know all their flaws. <laughs> you know, you know who this person is. You know each other really well. You're sticking with it and finding ways to make it interesting, make it exciting. And, and even if it's not like, it doesn't always have to be a circus. You know what I mean? Just like 
different mm-hmm. ways to be comforting to each other and mm-hmm. continuing on in the relationship, making it deeper and and stronger instead of just, I think that there are a lot of people, and I think that I've been like this in my life where they, they go from smitten to smitten to smitten, like this one right. woman last night who went from relationship to relationship to relationship because there's a high to that, right. you know, and, and so then, but once you after in time you get to a place where you actually want to slow down a little bit and figure out what the depth of this thing can be. So speaking of Tantra, how did you come to interview a former nun and two tantric sex teachers in the same chapter? <laughs> that was the chapter that, that chapter actually kind of surprised me a little bit too. It's a chapter called spiritual love and I am not, I'm not a religious person. I'm with the, like a de facto atheist. That's somebody who doesn't, re, who doesn't entirely exclude the possibility of God, but um, just doesn't live their life as though there is one, basically. <laughs> but I understand that, that that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't get, have an idea of what spiritual nature is and what mm-hmm. spiritual feelings are. And I think that love is an incredibly spiritual thing, and it, or it certainly can be, and love and sex both. And um, so I wanted to talk to people who had had different spiritual experiences of love and of sex. And I, the, the former nun that I talked to was this wonderful woman named Nadine Began, and she had become a nun. She went into the convent when she, I think, right out of high school? No, I'm sorry, right out of college. And um, she was very committed to the order. She was happy, and she was never going to leave it. And eventually, long story short, she did leave. She decided she wanted to try secular life. And while she was in the convent, though, she had met this priest and his father, Bob. And he eventually Mm -hmm. left the clergy as well. And so they didn't get together while they were while they were in the in the clergy together, but after he called her, they started dating, and now they're married, and they own a bed and breakfast and a vineyard, and that may be one of the reasons she is probably the happiest person. <laughs> 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 like, she, she just kind of I, I've not met her. I only I only interviewed her over the phone, but she just kind of emits this joyfulness, mm. and we talked about. And I asked her, is there a difference between, do you, do you understand, or is there a difference to you between all of these different kinds of love? And she said, no, it's all love. It's all the same thing. Mm. And it sounded to me like that vibration is all the same. And the, the tantric couple that I interviewed were um, Mark Michaels and Patricia Johnson. We've, met, we've and, interviewed them on the show. I had a feeling that you might know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they you were know, Liz, awesome. we have to go to a break, unfortunately. So we'll talk about the tantric sex teachers when we return. LizLangley.com is the website, L-I-Z-L-A-N-D-L-E-Y.com. Check out her book, Crazy Little Thing, Why Love and Sex Drive Us Mad. More Sex with Jaya when we return. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Are you ready to become an oral sex aficionado and give your partner unforgettable pleasure day and night? Jaya, world-renowned sexologist, has created the ultimate educational experience for couples. Oral Sex for Couples features over 100 techniques in a three-volume series. Guys, learn hand and mouth combinations that will send her soaring. Women, master ancient oral arts that will not only leave him breathless, but are said to keep you youthful and glowing. Both of you will be inspired to try the best positions for comfort and pleasure as you make love with your mouths. Watch now at www.oralsexforcouples.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Let's say you're female. Let's say you're over 50. Let's say your partner takes a little blue pill. Let's say he's ready to go maybe four hours. Let's say that's unfair. There's no little blue pill for women, but there is aloe cadabra, the first personal lubricant that's made from 95% organic aloe. So it's as natural as nature, which means it naturally does for your body what your body may no longer naturally do for itself. We're not saying that it will last four hours, but if you're lucky, neither will he. Aloe Cadabra. Feel the magic happen. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Sex with Jaya. To ask the burning questions you've always wanted to ask or share a tip or comment of your own, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? Send an email to Jaya at MissJaya.com. That's J-A-I-Y-A at MissJaya.com. Now back to Sex with Jaya. Looking for some great techniques for optimal pleasure? Be sure to check out RedHotTouch.com for my DVD series and book on erotic touch. I'm so excited. I just finished two new books in the last six months. Very excited to have those out and, well, soon out. Headed to market. They take some Coming while. out. They take a while, but I'm finished writing them, which feels really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So speaking of writing books, so you also interviewed two tantric sex teachers, which we also know. And uh, how did this all come to be with this former nun? And we, we actually taught a, uh, a tantric sex workshop in a nunnery once. So that was really interesting experience with a whole bunch of nuns around. Anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> Wait a you. minute. I want to hear that story. <laughs> you, you can't just drop bait like yeah, that and right, run away. We, we drop lot, lots of bait and then uh, say we're going to get back to it later. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that these sounds, two tantra sex teachers, which we know we've interviewed them on the show, we interviewed them about Agora Tantra so people can look through the archives and find out more about them. But um, how did that whole chapter come to be? Well, it, it it was wanting to explore that side of love that's not just the chemical or the psychological, but the spiritual and the what what feels more like the energetic 
part of love. And so I looked at a lot of different, a lot of different aspects of that and I wanted to, I wanted to cover as much ground as I could and I, so that's why I wanted to find somebody who had been in the clergy and then who had had uh, a secular life as well and that's where I found Nadine Began who, who I talked about earlier. And then I wanted to talk to somebody who had found spirituality through sexuality and so I thought, well, Tantra teachers, certainly, and I knew so little, I knew next to nothing about Tantra when I talked to Mark and Mark Michaels and Patricia Johnson at first. And they were really, really terrific interview. And I wanted to talk to because I feel like I've, you know, <laughs> it, it's kind of a joke to say, like, oh, that sex is so good, it was a religious experience. But right. it's not a joke. <laughs> I mean, if it's that good, it feels like you, you feel like you are connected to the entire universe. And love can feel that way and sex can feel that way. And together, they can really feel that way. And so that's I wanted to talk to a couple of people about that. So that's how that all came together. And there is also, there's a chemical, you know, part of this is all the chemistry of the brain. And serotonin is one of the chemicals involved in, in love. And it's also increased serotonin. I have a little segment on that and, and can trigger, has triggered religious experiences. Like in lab settings, they've used it to trigger religious experiences. So that there is a chemical element that's similar, but what I found was really interesting is that when you're in that crazy attraction phase of love, your serotonin actually drops. I would have thought it would be the same as that religious experience, but it drops. And what that does is give you kind of, that's also been associated with obsessive compulsive disorder, which might explain why you can't stop thinking about them, can't stop thinking about them, can't stop thinking about them. So that's one of the, the chemical aspects of it. I'm a huge biochemistry geek, especially when it comes to sex and love. So let's talk about the main chemicals involved in love. What, how, you know, why is it that we get crazy when we fall in love and we like, like, I feel like I don't want to eat. All I can do is mm-hmm. think about the person. I don't need to sleep. I crave, mm-hmm. you know, being around them. Why mm-hmm. is it? that we feel this way on a biochemical level? Because I, I always say, blame it on the hormones. Well, the hormones are, are part of it, but the, there's, two, there's two neurotransmitters that are that seem to be the big culprit. <laughs> and this was um, with Helen Fisher's research. That she wrote this terrific book called Why We Love the Nature and Chemistry of Romantic Love. Mm-hmm. And this really changed my outlook on this whole thing because at the time I was going to, when this was 2004, and I was having this, I had separated from somebody and was really having a terrible time getting over it. And when I read her book, it changed the way that I looked at it. And so that's, that was a huge trigger for, for wanting to look further into these things. And the two chemicals that she found, or the, the areas of the brain, I should say, that lit up when, when she had people in a, in an MRI machine, she'd show them neutral pictures and then a picture of the person that they were in love with. And when they saw the picture of the person that they were in love with, um, a couple of the areas of the brain that lit up were those that were associated with dopamine and norepinephrine. And norepinephrine is like adrenaline. It's right. that, uh, that's what makes your heart race, gives you that crazy energy that you're talking about, can't eat, can't sleep, and your palms sweat. And just when you really want to be articulate, you get tongue-tied because <laughs> you're, there's like, that chemical is like, these chemicals are whizzing around in your body really quickly and kind of like, 
putting you off your game a little bit. And so that's that really, really high energy chemical. And then there's dopamine. Dopamine is high energy too, but dopamine is about motivation and reward. So that's really about craving and desire and it's a, it's a very much a pleasure chemical. It's about sex. It's been associated with chocolate. It's been associated with money. And it's been associated with music, which I thought was really interesting. Some of my Just, favorite things. Chocolate yeah. And, and, it's, <laughs> and it's, it so explains why those things go together. So, you know, you, that's our song kind of thing. And, and music just, it's, um, there was a study in, out of a universe, McGill University in Montreal. They did these these brain scans on people who would get who had like a, a very intense reaction to music, and saw that those dopamine centers were also active when and and there were different parts of the brain that were that would get very active when they were anticipating their favorite parts versus when they heard them, but mm-hmm. it was that dopamine pleasure rush, mm-hmm. and. It's not, since music is not essential, all those things that I talked about, you know, dopamine being associated with before, like sex and food and, you know, all of these kind of rewards, those are essential to our survival. Some, like, some people would say chocolate is not essential to our survival, but. That's terribly wrong. <laughs> but, but, but food there's and those a, There's kind a guy essential. who's 110 years old and he eats chocolate every day, so it, may, it may be essential to our longevity. <laughs> you know what? It can't hurt. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but music is one of those things. It would seem not to be essential, but and yet it triggers those responses. And so maybe there is there is something to that type of pleasure is essential. At least it's certainly essential to our quality of life. But um, so that dopamine, it makes you motivated to be with that person you see that person and all of a sudden it's all of that craving and desire and and that kind of hunger and it does get she calls it an addiction romantic love is an addiction and what happens also she she also did studies on people who were rejected in love and what happens when you're rejected in love is that dopamine does not go away it actually increases and it, so you're invested in this now, and it makes you motivated sort of to keep what you're invested in, which is why it's so difficult. That's one of the reasons that it is so difficult to to break that tie if you're having a difficult time in love. And she she and her team did another store another study in 2010 where they found that the same parts of the brain that were active in a rejected lover were active in people with profound cocaine and nicotine addiction. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty strong stuff. And yet, when, when someone has a breakup or a difficult time in love, if they're trying to get over someone, we have a tendency to minimize it a little bit sometimes. Oh, it'll get better. You'll find someone else. Or go out for a girl's night out. You'll feel better. When it, if it was somebody who's trying to kick cocaine, you would wonder why they weren't in rehab. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it can be. And, and, and there's there's a reason that there are so many songs about broken hearts and movies and plays and everything about loss of love because it is incredibly difficult and, and sometimes much worse than others. Dopamine is also a chemical of creativity, which is why um, so many people, one of the reasons I think that so many people pour their hearts out that way. 
you know, they have to get it out of their system somehow. So they do it creatively through music or poetry or, or stories. In Helen Fisher's book, Why Him, Why Her, she talks about people being different types. And D-Love and I are definitely dopamine types. So you're speaking our, speaking speaking our, our music. Language. I'm a dopamine <laughs> addict for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, uh, that, and it's such a great high. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm right there with you. I think I'm in that club too because mm. it's, uh, it's the, I think it's the greatest high there is. You just have to you know, be prepared or, you know, hopefully that, that sounds a little pessimistic of me, doesn't it? But to say be prepared for the crash, but mm. you know, it, it is very, that level of intensity is difficult to keep up. And that's why me- love mellows into that attraction phase. If it is going to stick around, it mellows into that attraction phase. And then you have hormones like oxytocin. That's more of an attachment chemical. They call it the cuddle hormone. And that's something that's released when women have orgasms it's also released during i think it's during childbirth and nursing as well and so that's about that about bonding and about trust and so it's part of love but it's also it's part of our our general social interaction with each other so not just in in our romantic relationships but in our social relationships it's pretty important yeah, a lot of people think that this information takes the romance out of these connections and takes the love out of love, but it feels like it's really just kind of like a way to gauge what's going on, you still having the experience, having the feeling, but knowing that there's certain things that are simply neurochemical and biochemical. And the question comes up for me, why do we get this with one person mm. and not another person? We have to go to uh, break. But okay. uh, so maybe we'll talk about this when we come back. You know, why is it that we get attracted to one person and all these chemicals get juicy and, and, and another person does nothing for us? So right. more I when we return, we're talking with Liz Langley. The website is LizLangley.com and the book is Crazy Little Thing, Why is Love and Sex Drive Us Mad? More Sex with Jaya when we return. Voice counts. Call toll free 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Let's say you're female. Let's say you're over 50. Let's say your partner takes a little blue pill. Let's say he's ready to go maybe four hours. Let's say that's unfair. There's no little blue pill for women, but there is aloe cadabra, the first personal lubricant that's made from 95% organic aloe. So it's as natural as nature which means it naturally does for your body what your body may no longer naturally do for itself. We're not saying that it will last four hours, but if you're lucky, neither will he. Aloe Cadabra. Feel the magic happen. Are you ready to become an oral sex aficionado and give your partner unforgettable pleasure day and night? Jaya, world-renowned sexologist, has created the ultimate educational experience for couples. Oral sex for couples features over 100 techniques in a three-volume series. Guys, learn hand and mouth combinations that will send her soaring. Women, master ancient oral arts that will not only leave him breathless, but are said to keep you youthful and glowing. Both of you will be inspired to try the best positions for comfort and pleasure as you make love with your mouths. 
Watch now at www.oralsexforcouples.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Sex with Jaya. To ask the burning questions you've always wanted to ask or share a tip or comment of your own, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? Send an email to Jaya at MissJaya.com. That's J-A-I-Y-A at MissJaya.com. Now back to Sex with Jaya. We're talking why love and sex drive us mad with author Liz Langley. LizLangley.com is the website. And before break, we were discussing, well, all this talk about chemicals and love, doesn't that take the romance out of it? And then I was pointing to, well, well, why does it happen with some people and not others? Liz, any enlightenment on this? <laughs> well, the the magic part of it, I, I I have people ask me that a lot as though as though it's it's like explaining a magic trick. But I think it actually makes it more exciting. I think that there's two things that, that it does to, to understand a little bit about the biology of it does two things. First of all, it makes you understand that it's not you're inherently flawed because you can't get over this person or because you're having these, you know, repetitive thoughts. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not like there's something wrong with you. It's this is a biological thing that's happening to you and it will change again. I, I think of it like PMS. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you if you didn't understand what PMS was, that it's a hormonal thing, it's a biological thing, you just all of a sudden find yourself getting bitchy or angry or sad or inexplicably Why emotional. Why am I going crazy once a month? Right, you know, and but it's and then but you know you know it's PMS, so you can say, okay, this isn't me. I'm I don't really hate this person. <laughs> I'm just having a bad moment. And then, and that's I think the comforting part of of having some understanding of the biology of it. And then the magic part of it is I think it makes it even more magical to understand it and then, and to feel it in the same way that, you know, if you know how to play music, that doesn't take the magic out of music. That makes music even more magical to you. Or understanding things about, like, I went to one of those, you know, those body exhibits, the bodies, the exhibition thing mm-hmm. where they show, like, the, they have, like, the, the bodies that are preserved in polymer mm-hmm. so you can see inside and, it teaches you all about anatomy. And I think, like, learning those things makes the body so much more. It doesn't take the mystery away from it. It makes it more spectacular that your body can do all these things. Mm-hmm. And so, as, and, then, and then part of that magic is, yeah, why this one person? Why is it just this one person, at least right now, or in addition to the group <laughs> before? <laughs> you know, why, why is it, why this person and not that person? That's the magic part. And so we don't really know because nobody's nobody has scanned the brain of as far as I know, nobody scanned the brain of anybody who is falling in love right at that moment. But there's a lot of psychological components to why we fall in love with the people that we fall in love. We there there may be something about them that if we have had an experience of excitement with somebody, then that feeling of excitement is gonna is gonna re re uh, I guess rise again. <laughs> Mm-hmm. when they when we see them or we might be trying to fix some relationship that we had in the past um Sherry Wilson, zero 
I'm sorry, say again? Cranial nerve zero, have I got it right? Dee loves talking big words to me now. <laughs> it, it picks up pheromonal messages if you haven't heard about cranial nerve zero. It's a, and so it reads, actually reads the immune system of the other person. It goes straight to the sex centers of the brain to tell you if, if it's a good mate. Okay, that's that's like MHC then, right? That's ma- like yes. major histocompatibility. Yes. Yeah. So so yeah, those are all of those. That's another layer of why. The way I think of the why we why we find that person attractive, kind of like when you look in a dressing room mirror and there's a mirror in front of you and there's a mirror behind you. So there's a hundred images of you. There's you, 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 you. So there's all these layers, and there's all of these layers to our psyches and why we do the things, or, or, or our background, our culture, our chemistry, and then there's their background and culture and chemistry, their scent, all of those other things. So th- there are a lot of components to why. I don't think there's one specific one, but that's kind of what keeps it magical, I think. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about the falling in love part. I want to talk a little bit about the mad part. Yeah. <laughs> tell us the crazy stories. <laughs> Can you tell us briefly, because we've only got four minutes left, believe it or not. Take a good one. Wow. Um, that's you fast. Know, one of the things, yeah. like maybe a little bit of a story, and why would it cause somebody to tip over, and why didn't some of us just get sad and then we move on? Well, there, there. Um, I think the creepiest story <laughs> that I have in there is about a guy named Count Carl von Kosel. He wasn't actually a count; he just called himself that. He was in Key West in the twenties, and he was in love with a girl who was who died of tuberculosis before he could ask her to marry him mm-hmm. and he he was so he was so heartbroken he had a crypt built for her got her family's permission had this crypt built for her he he installed a phone line into the crypt so he could talk to her when he left to go home at night and then that wasn't enough he just broke into the crypt and took the body home Oh, and goodness. kept her with him for a long, long, long time, even as she began to deteriorate. Yeah. He, like, tried to find different ways to preserve her. Oh. And so, yeah, that's – and when people found out in Key West at the time, there was, like, there was – this was – I think it was in World War II when people found out about um, what was going on. They, he, he was seen as a romantic. I think the rest of the news in the world was so horrible that he was seen as this sort of romantic figure, but I think that they, they didn't realize exactly how creepy it was. <laughs> you know what I mean? I asked Catherine Ramblin, was he an, was he a necrophile? And even, you know, that he, he, I mean, it was, he was having sex with the corpse. And, um, she said, no, I, he, it was not about corpses. It was about her. Mm-hmm. He was obsessed with her. He was in mm-hmm. love with her. And so I thought that was pretty interesting that distinction that she made there. And so why did some people, why does that obsession maintain itself in some people and not others? I think that, you know, it, it, you can, there are different reasons. I think if you come from a background where you're, uh, like, you're, you're not as likely to kind of tear yourself away or, or find some way of disciplining yourself from those things, kind of have some emotional stability and sense of of what you need to do to move on, then you might, the same way as if you come from a back, a violent background, mm-hmm. then violence is going to be an answer for you. And that's mm-hmm. another thing we talked about is like why it is that somebody, some people resort to violence in these situations. Because if they grew up in a place where violence was a model, they might see that as an answer. Mm-hmm. And so, so that, but that obsessed, of obsessiveness 
like as as we talked about with obsessive compulsive disorder, there's like there's chemical imbalances to blame those things on, and there was he was not stopped. There was nothing stopping him. Mm-hmm. Right. So he was able to get away with these things. Wow. And so, um, and they, they, I think he was, like 20 years later, they found him in a part of Florida that is very close to where I live. And <laughs> he, of course, because this is where all the crazies land. That's why I stay. And, well, Liz, we <laughs> have to close up the show, it. unfortunately. So LizLangley.com is her website. The book, Crazy Little Thing, Why Love and Sex Drive Us Mad. Visit my site, sexist.com, for more great information like you heard on the show today. I've enjoyed sex with Jaya. Have you? I've enjoyed sex with Jaya. I've enjoyed sex with Jaya. <laughs> <laughs> You have been listening to Sex with Jaya. For more, you'll have to tune in next Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time to the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, make it the best weekend ever with tips you've learned from today's show. Thanks again for joining us.